Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit upburnfrisco.com. I feel like I have a, a simple word for us today uh, from the Lord, and it's, uh, it's obviously 2024, and so I'd, I'd like us to turn to Psalm 24, if you will. I already feel the anointing. It's wild. Just turn, turn in scripture to Psalm 24, and I feel the presence of the Lord on, on this, and I want us to, to revisit this and, and read it together, but... Um, I want to do it somewhat backwards, um, or maybe not necessarily backwards, but I want to start with the question that is posed in this psalm. There are two times that this profound question is asked, and it's in verse 8 and verse 10, and it's, who is this king of glory? Who is this king? And so I want to read through the psalm, but I want us to keep that question in our heart because the psalm itself answers so much of that question, even though we'll spend all of eternity exhausting uh, the, 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 the beautiful identi- identity of Jesus, this psalm, I believe, holds so much uh, glory in it for us. And so this is, the, this is the beginning. Now remember, who is this king of glory? Verse one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swears by a false god, they will will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob." Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord almighty. He is the king of glory of glory, the word of the Lord, right? So this psalm begins to answer the question of what this king of glory is like. He is this one who created everything, the world, and everything and everyone belongs to him. He established creation on the waters. He's the one who's able to ascend the hill of the Lord. And he, he's, he's never lifted up his soul to an idol or, or sworn falsely. His hands are clean. And, and then it, it goes on to, to begin to impart this identity to a people, this generation who would be like him, right? And so I, I have a question for us this morning. Uh, is there anyone in here who has never struggled with an idol? Is there anyone in here who could raise their hand and say, I've never lied, I've never sworn falsely? Is there anyone in here, in this room, who could say, I've I've never gotten my hands dirty? Have any of us figured out how to ascend the hill of the Lord and pass through the everlasting doors on our own, based on our own personal piety? Has that... 
Is there anyone in here who meets those requirements? And if we were to look back at our earthly past, our, our, our history, we would say, no, but isn't it great news that we are a new creation? Isn't it great news that we have a fresh start? Isn't it great news that his obedience is now our obedience? Isn't it great news that his faith has become our faith? Isn't it great news that his righteousness is our righteousness? Isn't it great news that his baptism is our baptism? His death, our death. His resurrection, our resurrection. His ascension, our ascension. Beloved, I have great news for you. None of us could ascend the hill of the Lord. But there's one who carried us. There's one who picked us up. And we ascended with him through the everlasting doors. Are we not now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Have we not now been blessed with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ? Have any of us sat ourselves down in heavenly places? <laughs> but what's wonderful is that when we embrace this truth of this unmerited favor, as so many theologians have called it, the truth of this grace is that we begin to be empowered through grace to walk like him. That the way of our being would begin to match the truth of our being, that we would be Christ people on this earth, compelled by love and undone by grace, displaying the mighty ways and works of our God. We deny idols a place, and we will live truthful, vulnerable lives because we know that our hands have been cleansed and we'll live more and more rightly as this truth washes over us and we will see a new generation. You know, as I watch this new generation rewrite history, one thing I'm sure of is that most things will be misspelled and there will be no you know, proper pronunciation. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we are going to see a generation that actually seeks the face of God, the God of Jacob. And we're going to be seeing a generation who is asking this one question, who is this king? Who is like him? See, in Psalm 24, it's describing a victorious entry of Christ into the heavenlies and the everlasting doors being torn off the hinges, right? He broke the gates of hell, right? And, and there was one person for who all of heaven, the, the doors swung open and all the angels rejoiced. And this one who entered heaven, ascended the hill of the Lord, was leading with him captives, right? Who's that? It's us. So it's this story, this depiction of a glorious entry, and there's, there's this other triumphant entry, and it's Jesus, and he's walking, well, I should say he's riding on a donkey, right, which is prophesied, the king of glory is riding on a donkey into Jerusalem, and what happens? It's as if the gates fling open, the city pours out and welcomes him with song, and the same question is asked. This is what it says in Matthew 21.10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is this? I want you guys to turn to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. 
Because I believe this, this question of who is Jesus is going to be our pursuit, not just this year in particular, although I would like it to be, but forever this question will be our pursuit. This is Matthew 16. We'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. It's weird, right? That they were just, the, the, the people who are so perplexed, they are so very perplexed by this person of Jesus that they have an easier time thinking that he's a reincarnated John the Baptist, Elijah, or Jeremiah. But it's much better news than that, right? So Jesus asked his disciples, he turned to his disciples and he says, but what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Mm. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Keep on going. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Wow. The knowledge that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, seems to impart in that moment the power to release heaven on earth and establish a church that hell cannot conquer. The answer of this one question, who is Jesus? In 2024, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily this guy that always makes these declarations about the coming year, but I just wanna, I wanna make a simple and easy one in this moment. I want 2024 to be a year of prayer. I want 2024 to be a year of of a contemplative, conversational, declarative, intercessory prayer. And at the heart of this prayer, I want us to be revelating and asking, who are you, Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you show me what the sun is like? Who is, who is this king of glory? <clears throat> This is a question that Jesus is asking every single one of us, just like he asked his disciples, just like he asked Peter in that moment. And brothers and sisters, I cannot answer it for you. And what we think about Jesus impacts every area of our lives. It plays itself out into every realm of our existence. If we just think he is a teacher, a lot of people think he's a great teacher and it doesn't change their lives much. A lot of people think he's a prophet, a wise man. You know, is he some shaman? Is he just some enlightened person who taught us how to live? 
a better life? Or is he the truest desire of all the nations? Is he the one thing that David got caught a glimpse of and had to write down in Psalm 27? I give my life to this one thing just to see him forever. I was in worship at uh, end of year and I got a, um, another taste of the glory. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. There was just a moment in worship where I was like, whoa, what is going on right now? I'm, I'm smiling and crying and, and it's just a, a transcendent moment. I realize he's so close, but he's so big. And and, I, and I'm, I have tears of joy in my eyes and I'm looking up at heaven and I realize that I'm not blinking. And the Lord said to me, he whispered, I, I give you tears of joy so you never have to look away. You can gaze on me forever and never blink. And I saw the four living creatures covered in eyes. They don't wake up and bathe in visine, brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Two eyes aren't enough. They're covered in eyes, just absorbing the, the beauty and glory, having it wash over them as they're singing, holy, holy, holy forever. They, and the one time the Lord told me that they're not required to be there. He didn't create them and then give them a job description that says, you are the ones that say, holy, holy, holy. He created them, gave them free will. They saw him and never wanted to leave. The door was open. They didn't want to go anywhere. Forever and ever, they found the absolute best place, just like Mary at the feet of Jesus. You know, she couldn't be torn from that place. She found the best seat and had the best part. I want us to know who is this Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. And, and he's, he's a God whose only prerequisites for approaching him is that we are weary, heavy laden, tired, heavy, like burdened. He's like, come to me all you, who? And it's not have your stuff figured out. Want to like, you know, you're on the holiness path. You know, he said, come to me if you are exhausted, tired, covered in burdens. You're the one that I want. And there's, this question gets asked all over scripture. Who is this? And sometimes it's asked like this. Who does this guy think he is? Right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 8 is a great who is this chapter. And I, I'm not going to spend the whole time reading through the whole thing, I just want to hit some, some high points. In Matthew 8, it says that Jesus has these large crowds that are following him around because his teachings are so awesome, okay? Who is this guy who, who graciousness pours from his lips? People ditch their obligations and jobs and walk long distances just to hear one syllable from his mouth, just to catch one glimpse of his face, just to hear him say a teaching with authority on it. And he has these large crowds, right? Well, in Matthew 8, this large crowd is following him down this mountainside. And a man with leprosy, who is, you don't touch people with leprosy. It's even like in the, 
in the old laws, in the old books. You don't, you don't touch a person with leprosy. What does Jesus do? He touches them. Who is this guy who touches a man who's been declared dirty by the whole community? I believe that there are people in this room who feel that they're dirty, feel that you might be untouchable or you have... You feel like you have a stigma attached to you. You feel like you are the source of a lot of rumors. You feel like maybe you messed up the community or you messed up your life or you did this and that and the other thing and people declared you an untouchable. Jesus is coming close to you right now. With a touch, it says that he is immediately cleansed of leprosy. I wanna know what that looked like. They all knew he was immediately cleansed of leprosy. Could you imagine just messed up skin and sores and ooze and all of it just turns into baby fresh skin, you know? Then a centurion who's a Roman soldier comes up to him and and saying that he's got a paralyzed servant who is suffering terribly, and Jesus is like, I'll, I'll come heal him. And the guy's like, no, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, because I too am a man under authority, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. And, and Jesus marvels at his faith, right? And from a long distance, with a word, Jesus heals a paralyzed centurion's servant. Who is this guy, Right? And then they get to Peter, Peter's mother, uh, mother-in-law's house, and she's really sick in bed with a fever, and Jesus heals her. The fever leaves. She gets up and starts making them dinner. Seems like Jesus was just hungry and the chef was sick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's selfless, self-giving. <laughs> he would have gone without <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> evening came and, and news about him has spread. Jesus is in this one location. They got, a, they got a beat on him. They got him locked down. And so everyone who is sick or demonized comes to him. Could you imagine having like a circus of demonized people like coming, <laughs> coming towards what, what kind of chaos and mess is this? And it says that they were all healed. At this moment, Jesus has like a grade A, full city, full-blown revival, right? He looked at his disciples and said, we got to get out of here. That's not church planting 101. <laughs> like, wait a minute, Jesus, you just started a full-on, like, revival fire. This city's been turned upside down by your presence. There's people wor worshiping who were demonized. They're lepers. And Jesus is like, yeah, we got to go quickly. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side of the lake. He's in such a hurry. Get, guys, get this. A teacher of the law. There's, there's so much anointing revival going on that an actual teacher of the law and these, guys, these are usually the, the bad guys, right? The villains of scripture, the Pharisees and scribes and teachers of the law, but a teacher of the law has faith in Christ, comes up to Jesus and says, I gotta go with you too. 
Oh, could you imagine someone riddled by decades of crippling religion? <laughs> I just got to go with you too, Jesus. And uh, Jesus basically says, we're going now. And the guy says, well, just let me, let me bury my father. He's got a, a dead father. I don't know what he's doing at the revival meeting. That's, I mean, that's the draw of the, the presence of the Lord. But... And Jesus says the least pastoral thing I've ever heard in my entire life, right? Let the dead bury their dead. We got to go. <laughs> he's in this hurry. And they get in the boat, right? And a storm happens. And Jesus has already taken a nap. He's, <laughs> he's just knocked out. And <clears throat> the storm is powerful enough that it's threatening to sink the ship and the disciples wake him. And this same account is in Mark 4 as it is in, 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 this, in Matthew. And it says in Mark 4 um, that... Let's see here. Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> I said, don't you care that we are going to drown? And Jesus, he looks around and he, he actually, there's an exclamation point on this. He actually yells at the waves Quiet, be still, which makes me feel a lot better about yelling when I'm rudely awakened. <laughs> and immediately, again, it, there's that word, immediately, whoo, calm, comes over. There's no wind, no waves. And he asked them, why, are you, why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And it's, they weren't afraid anymore. They were terrified. Did you guys catch that? They were no longer afraid of any storm. It says that they were terrified of the one who was in the boat with them. And they said the same phrase, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. They were afraid of the storm sinking the boat, and then they were terrified of the one who is in the boat. Beloved, I believe that this is a better definition of the fear of the Lord than most of the things we've heard. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is not fearing punishment. The fear of the Lord is being gripped by the reality of the powerful one who lives within you the one who is in your boat, the one who can speak to the wind and the waves and make them be still. It is a trembling from within. Who is this guy who walks on water at other times and eats with tax collectors and forgives people of their sins? That's the biggest no-no like that the 
the Pharisees ran into with him. Like, who is this guy who thinks he can forgive sins? Like it says, the, the, the sinful woman who's anointing Jesus and weeping over his, his feet and anointing his feet with oil and washing his feet with her hair, he forgives her sins. There's another time there's the paralyzed man before he heals him or as he heals him, he says, your sins are forgiven. They're so angry. Who is this guy who thinks he can forgive sins? How about this story? When, when, when Jesus is about to be arrested, the soldiers come to him, and, it, and it, this is in, in Luke, or sorry, in John 18. They find them in the garden, and they, they're asking for Jesus. And Jesus, what does he say? I am He. What happens in that moment? A battalion. Uh, a bunch of soldiers are knocked back. They fall to the ground. Could you imagine what that would look like? You know, it's like, I don't know, this is uh, pales in comparison, but when Gandalf puts his staff down <laughs> and just let that wave of smoke and dust like erupts from the center of that, and Full-grown men are blasted back, fall to the ground when he says, I am he who is this king of glory. I want us to go on a journey together asking this question this year, who is this? There are other people that we found in scripture who went on a similar journey and this is a great story. It's the Emmaus Road, where two disciples, we know that one of them is Cleopas or Clopas, and we don't know who the other one is, but they're walking along, and this is after the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, but before the ascension of Jesus, and the disciples haven't seen him in person yet, but the Marys at the tomb did, and they heard the report from the Marys, at the tomb, I say Mary's because there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, probably Mary Bethany. But anyway, there's a lot of Marys in scripture. Um, they hear the report from the Marys that Jesus is risen and they're perplexed, but they're also like, can any of this be real? And so there are these two disciples walking away from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus and who comes next to them but Jesus, but they can't see that it's Jesus. He has some supernatural ability to conceal and disguise himself, and he walks with them like a stranger on the road, right? And he begins from the beginning of Scripture, from Moses. He, he talks about all the Scriptures concerning himself. Jesus preaches Jesus from the beginning of time to these two. There are a lot of good sermons recorded in Scripture, this one didn't get recorded, it was only spoken of, and I guarantee it was the best one of all. Could you imagine what it would feel like to have God himself tell you about God himself for however many hours as they walked along the road? It was the most exhilarating thing these two had ever experienced. They, they said afterwards, were not our hearts burning within us? as he spoke with us on the road. And what was he doing? He was revealing himself. Even Paul's famous prayer, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would grow in the knowledge of him. 
Jesus puts it like this in John 14, 26. He says, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth and remind you of everything I have said to you. These two that were on the road to Emmaus, they were so pumped that even though it was nighttime already, they had so much God-given adrenaline filled so much with the Holy Spirit that they went all the way back to Jerusalem after it was dark. That is one thing they did not do back then was travel at nighttime. That is like a death sentence. They didn't care. They knew that they were untouchable at that moment. They walked all the way back to Jerusalem, probably rejoicing, saying, I can't wait to tell them. I'm gonna leave us with this. The Holy Spirit, I believe he, he told me a, a couple weeks ago, he said, everyone is on the Emmaus journey, not knowing that I journey with them, but I show myself to the one who asked me to break bread. See, the, the two disciples on the Emmaus road, they heard Jesus didn't know it was Jesus. It was the most amazing sermon they've ever heard. They didn't know why their hearts were burning within them. And when they got to their destination, Jesus was gonna go on, right? It was like a test. Jesus, it said that Jesus was gonna continue on. I don't know what he was gonna do. But they begged him, stay with us. Stay with us, break bread with us. And it was when Jesus it's when Jesus broke the bread that their eyes were open, he was no longer disguised anymore. And he saw, they all saw Jesus. I want us to receive communion together and start off 2024 breaking bread with the Lord. So if you need a communion cup, this is how we're gonna end service. And Justice, can you play something on the, the keys for us? Every one of us and everyone we know, we're all on the Emmaus Road. To some people, Jesus is hidden, disguised. They don't know that he's been with them all along. But to the people who ask Christ to stay, who ask this stranger they didn't even know was Jesus to stay, to break bread with him. It's in that moment that Christ himself is revealed. And so I want us to receive communion this morning with that question, Lord, who are you? Who is this King of glory? And I want us to ask him to stay with us, to dine with us, and to break bread with us. On the night that the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks for it and he broke it 
And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. And every time you take and eat, do this in remembrance of me. Let's receive the body of the Lord. like manner, he took the cup of wine and after he blessed it, he said, this is <laughs> this is my blood of the new. There's that word again. Happy new covenant. Happy new you. Happy new creation. Happy he makes all things new. This is my blood the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. Let's drink this in honor of our Lord. Is there anyone on the ministry team who can join me up here? I just want to make sure that we have the opportunity to pray for anyone who needs prayer. Now listen, before, before we just immediately start thinking about lunch and getting the kids and what we got to do next, I want you to give the Holy Spirit another moment just to speak, just to love on you, just to search you. And if, you, um, if you've come this morning hurting, if you've come this morning wanting prayer, wanting to receive ministry, you're, you're welcome to come up. As I pray, if that's not you, then you're free to go and have a fantastic New Year's lunch and fellowship deeply with one another. But let me, let me pray a, a New Year's blessing over us. Father, we thank you that just like Mary was pregnant with all of God, we in this moment, we are pregnant with the potential of all of heaven. That this new year is full of hope. You are the truest desire. You are a desire fulfilled. You are a tree of life. We have found our fulfillment in you, Jesus. This year, I pray for new businesses, new promotions, new houses, new romances, new breakthroughs, new prodigals coming home. <laughs> we thank you for new songs. We thank you for new stories. We thank you for new testimonies. We thank you for new healings, new breakthroughs. We thank you for the glory of the new covenant, the glory of us, your new creation. And Jesus, we go into this year wanting to know more about you. Who is this King of glory? <laughs> the Lord, strong in battle, the Lord mighty, the Lord of angel armies. Who is this King of glory? Who with the word silences the wind and waves? Who is this Jesus who walks along with us, along the road, disguising himself? Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us in mighty ways this year. 
We pray, God, that on this rock you would build your church and the gates of hell would not overcome it. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Holy Ghost helping us in this pursuit of our knowledge of you. We give you our finances, our family. We give you this year. In Jesus' name, amen.